Hey friends, welcome to the Rhythms for Life podcast, where each week we talk about four rhythms that help you reduce stress and anxiety and take charge of your emotional health. Rest, restore, connect, create. These ideas come from Rebecca's best-selling book, Rhythms of Renewal, trading stress and anxiety for a life of peace and purpose. So grab your copy, invite your friends, and let's live in rhythm. Welcome back. I'm Rebecca. And I'm Gabe. And And happy (laughs) post-Valentine's. That's right. Valentine's Day. Those of you who are practicing the rhythm of Connect, I hope you were intentional to tell somebody in your life that you love them. It yes. might have been your daughter, like in yes. my case, Could was be important. Anyone doesn't have to be like, you know, your your boyfriend or your husband. It can be anyone that's special. Um, Kennedy is so affectionate with her her dog that <laughs> like always wants to make sure that Flora gets remembered on yeah. all the holidays well, as well. Joy now, I mean in first grade it takes me back to those yes. days you know providing the little valentines for Baggies, all the kids to i know pass out i mean yeah so awesome it's so sweet except now you really can't do candy it has to be like play-doh or an eraser <laughs> <laughs> nothing with peanuts but <laughs> allergy but listen the the pro tip from this weekend is when a valentine's day hits on a weekend it's intense because everybody feels the pressure to make it happen for dinner that night yeah. or going out and for years, we've just been very intentional yeah. to go out the yeah. night before or the day after. I prefer the night before. Yeah. Get ahead of it. There's usually reservations available. Mm-hmm. You don't have to pay some of the extra costs that get thrown in it's with true. restaurants taking advantage of The Valentine's of that night. tip. <laughs> now, roses are always cheaper after Valentine's. For sure. So and if you're trying and to so do is it chocolate. On a, yeah, if you're trying to do it on a budget, yeah. go for the 15th. <laughs> if you're trying to just stay ahead of the curve, go for the 14th. Yeah. You could always just get flowers at Costco any day and save some money that way. But this is not an endorsement we're, for Costco. Listen, we're, we're here to help you with pro tips on your oh, dating yeah. life. This it's like turns into Valentine's on a budget. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, that's not how this um, was supposed to start out. But we hope you had a great weekend. It's still winter, though. Let's be honest. I oh, was thinking like, cold. when is daylight savings? And I learned that's not like for a whole nother month. Yeah, right? you got to get closer to It's more than that. I don't even know. It's like closer to Easter. Okay. But today also is Ash Wednesday. This is the beginning of the Lent season. So in the Christian calendar, this is something we've practiced and probably began, I don't know, 12 or 13 years ago. Mm -hmm. I mean, we didn't grow up in a space where we talked a lot about that. It was more of a Catholic Mm -hmm. thing. And then we started to understand the Christian calendar more. And, you know, it's the beginning of this 40-day period of really looking at sacrifice and Mm -hmm. what Christ did on the way to the cross. Right. And I bring that up because your community, you know, today you're yeah. you're with your online community and this is what you guys are talking through is the beginning of this yes, Lent we are. vision. For sure. This is our every Wednesday we go on I go live with Rhythms for Life community and we spend an hour just on two things, scripture, what God has to say about the season and we do love to follow the church calendar for Lent and Advent. And so, yes, this week we are all things Lent. And Lent really is about longing. It's all about um what are you longing for? Um, yearning for? What are you waiting for? And in such a way, what are you willing to give up on that journey? You know, what are you sacrificing so that you can really just make sure that God is front and center for you in this? It's a very reverential, I mean, they all are, let's be honest, but Lent in general, it's just the way to the cross. And so that was Christ's road to suffering. And how do we really fully embody and understand what that was like? Yeah. And usually during the season, 
you give up some things in your life, there's some sacrifice that happens all the way to Celebration Sunday, which is Easter. Mm -hmm. And that's always a fun day because if you've given up some things, it might be things that you eat, it might be ways that you're fasting or, or whatever. That's mm -hmm. the day where there's a celebration and the feast and it's a it's a beautiful journey. And when you're trying to do those things on your own, I would just say the awesome thing about the community is people don't have to figure this out on their own. You're right. leading a whole community of mostly women. There's some guys in there. Shout out to the guys. But mostly women who are involved in this community with you online and you're leading them through scripture yeah. and the study and this journey at a time when some churches may not go through this journey or process, or maybe you're not able to go to church right now, we just know it's so important to strengthen our connection and our spiritual nourishment. I have loved this community. We started it back in April, basically when quarantine had begun, and we were just wanting to learn and grow together, live in rhythm, be healthy together. And it just turned into such a rich season for me personally and for, I hope, everyone else, because they're very... Um, interactive. And that's what makes it so fun, just being live together on Zoom once a week. We're going through scriptures. Everyone's sharing what they're learning. They're ministering to one another, which is really remarkable for me to watch. People are just kind of using their strengths in that group, which is amazing. And then um, every month, we obviously have a theme. So January is to set your intention for 2021. And February is get organized. So that's we're talking all things getting organized in February. It sounds really boring, but it's actually very important to do that in the winter when there's nothing else to do. <laughs> well, it's the rhythm message. It's trying to incorporate these rhythms of rest, restore, connect, create into your life. And doing that alone can get exhausting. So I know it's practical. I get to be a part of those every yeah. now and then where yeah. we're talking through relationships and mm -hmm. connection and Q&As. And so it's just been fun for all those listening who are part of the community. Thanks for being a part of that. I know you're encouraging one another through our private online community in Facebook where you're able to interact with one another. So keep up the encouragement because we, we all need that. And if you want to be a part of that, go to RebeccaLyons.com slash community. All right. So today we're going to talk to Christy Knuckles, a dear friend. She is someone I respect so much on the topic that we're going to talk about, the life you long for, learning to live from a heart of rest. She is postured with such a restful, peaceful spirit, and I've been her friend for, I don't know, seven, eight years now. And just since I've known her, I've been changed by watching her life, how she lives, the cadence she walks in, and you're going to be so encouraged by this conversation. So let's listen in now. Christy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to get to be here. I love that we get to turn the microphone um, because when you started Glorious in the Mundane years ago, I remember going over there to your cocoon of like a, a home. It's the most cozy, <laughs> wonderful Christmas house. Christmas oh. house. That's absolutely right. <laughs> that I've ever year, entered. Year-round Christmas house. It's oh. true. Yeah. That doesn't mean you Sweet. leave your tree up year-round. And you have a name for your property. What do you call it? We call it Keeper's Branch. Yeah. Yes. And what, what is special about that for you? Well, it's sort of a play on the name of our road. And then I learned that the name of our road means like keeper of the forest or key, a keeper. Yeah. And so then I couldn't help but think of Psalm 121 that he's, um, the Lord is our keeper. He keeps mm -hmm. our coming and our going. And so I just love that, that imagery. And so. I love, so keepers for me, I love the story of, the lighthouse they they would call the people yeah. who keep the light on mm -hmm. at the lighthouse keepers and and they often would live alone they were you know never married or 
widowed and they would they wouldn't see people much yeah. i mean they, yeah. they literally kept this light on and they didn't even know and i find this so fascinating they wouldn't have even known when they helped anybody because wow. it's the ship way out in the water that's leveraging that light to stay safe to to miss mm-hmm. beaching themselves or hitting a cliff and and here these faithful people are keeping yeah. so when you talk about keeper's branch i think of it in a different way that. but it has a little bit of that context to it and and i see you in that light like mm-hmm. you're somebody who's holding on to the truths of life and what it means to be human, a child of God, in the midst of a chaotic world. And, and today we're going to get to hear a little more about how you do that, because that's a discipline and it seems rare to me. Mm. Well, thank you. Gosh. And I feel like we're pulling this mic up. So for everybody listening, these two sit on porches all the time and talk, whether it's <laughs> our porch or Christy's porch, and the mic's not on. So I'm going to listen in a lot, but I want people to get a mm. sense of the conversations you guys are having about life, how you sustain family, these rhythms, rest in the midst of this busy world. Yeah, I remember it was but a dream that we would live about 10 minutes apart, and then it came true. It came true. (laughs) Within about a year, I think we moved here, then you were on your way, and it's just been such a fun thing to even watch our girls and our our sons Mm -hmm. become friends and kind of go back and forth house to house and just all the memories. It's kind of crazy that we've had this long in the same city. I'm so thankful. And I'm really excited about this message, The Life You Long For, um, because we've had a lot of conversations in these past years (laughs) as it was unfolding. Obviously, it began before I even knew you, that farm table epiphany that you uh, described so well. Would you give the listener a little glimpse of what that was, when that was, and what it what it revealed to you. Yeah. Well, you know, first of all, I was a PK, pastor's kid growing up, grew up in the church. And so at that point in my life, I was early 30s. I was a young mom. Um, Noah and Ellie were five and three. And I was doing all the things that, you know, he had given me these gifts. You know, I, I sang and I was songwriting and we were touring and you know, but it got to a point of exhaustion. And I will say I I absolutely hit a wall. Mm-hmm. And I think that he allowed that, God allowed that, you know, in my life for a, a huge reason. And it was sort of this, I do call it my farm table epiphany. Um, I had actually just been cleaning a toilet upstairs. It was the most mundane task, but I I definitely sensed this like longing in my heart to come home, to come off the road, to simplify, to uh, get quiet. And I kind of didn't know what to do with it. I was like, this is new. Like, it was a desire shift in me for sure. I went downstairs. I did that thing where you just like literally open your Bible and you're like, okay, God, I sense you're here. And I let my Bible fall open and it was Psalm 37. And that is actually the the passage of Scripture, how I was saved. I tell the story in the book when I was seven, Psalm 37. Mm. It's a sweet story about my mom. And and so I felt like at that moment he was re- he was bringing me back to that first wow. place where I became his beloved and I didn't know for you know a few more months that that was it was a call home spiritually but it actually unfolded that it was a call home physically like it was I need to lay some things down and that was we wrestled hard as as you can imagine it's hard to lay mm. anything down but this was like a watermark, which is was Nathan and I at the time. You know, we were you know Christian music duo and mm-hmm. had made you know five records, and it was a huge part of our lives and our story. And and really, I didn't know it then, but my identity. Mm-hmm. And so it was like this moment where God called me home, you know, spiritually, physically, to reorder my life, to 
live from him rather than for him. Yeah. And wow. that there would be a propelling rest that would come out of learning that rhythm. I love that you said from him, not for him. Yeah. I mean, how has that translated in mm. your posture and what you say yes to and no to? And mm. how did that shift in you? Because that's so profound. And for me, it was very similar. Like, I don't need to do big things for God. I want to experience small everyday things with mm. God. Yeah. So how how did that translate in your life? What What did that shift look like? Yeah. Well, it was a... You know, it was this moment where, you know, I was in Psalm 37 that morning and and two questions came to my heart of hearts. It was like God just going, you know, and he was meeting me there. And and the first one was, what would it look like if you just enjoyed me? You're doing all these things for me, but do you really know how to just enjoy? And that's what I've made you for, you know? And then it was really, it was, it, I tell the story, it tied into this visual that Lauren Jandler, a friend of mine, you know, just, I had just met her back then. This was 15 years ago that she had given me this bullseye concentric circles picture one night. And it, that came back to my mind. And it was mm-hmm. like, as I was reading Psalm 37, it was almost like a transparency, you know, like on top of the, that passage. And this question, what would it look like if you just hit the bullseye? And then I'll take care of all the outer rings of your life. Yeah. And so really it started with, you know, this place of, I think even coming home to take care of my kids, it was like just seeing them for who they were. It was teaching me, like, I want you to know how to be a child again. Mm-hmm. You know, I want you to know how to be my beloved again. And then living out from that place, it started to inform my yeses and my nos. And at that time, it was a lot more nos than it was yes. But what has been really beautiful, I think, in that God had me live this message for so many years for literally like, I've been saying I was going to write this book for 10 years, but I think it was just that I needed to keep living Mm. this message for so long because, you know, just as you know, like he gives back, you know, we, he asks us yes to lay some things down, but then I've seen that process over and over of living from the bullseye and how it really actually, there's like a supernatural principle there that when we trust him and really trust and surrender, it's kind of like um, a spoiler alert. That is what equals rest. Mm. And um, so it's that every day, you know, it's living from that place of trust and surrender. And then it informs all the outer rings of our lives. It it brings purpose to them. It brings um, intentionality. Yes. Hey friends, as we look ahead to the hopefulness of spring, I want to share with you about some children beginning their education in the African nation of Rwanda. Rwanda is part of my story, and through the years, you may have heard me talk about my visit there with an organization called Africa New Life. Each year, Africa New Life helps 40 preschool children through the support of people like us. They provide these children with safe childcare and a daily rhythm while their mothers are learning new employable skills during the day. These young ones with hardworking but struggling mothers have room to play, learn, and grow in their daycare setting. We know how important the early years are for an entire lifetime of learning and living, and with our help, these future leaders have a very strong start. Would you consider a donation to Africa New Life daycare program? Any donation today helps create an environment focused on nutrition, education, and play for little ones tomorrow. $6 provides a year's worth of clean water for one daycare student. $16 provides a year's worth of vitamins. Come on, guys. Those multivitamins that we're giving our kids, they need them in Rwanda as well. All gifts help these young children grow up. If you're ready to lay the foundation for this healthy life for both children and their mamas, visit africanewlife.org slash RFL podcast to give health and hope this spring. 
Well, so many people can relate with what you're talking about. I think in the sense that they were forced home this last year. Yeah. Maybe it wasn't something they chose or and the journey God took you on for the last several years to prepare. Mm-hmm. And they've had to wrestle through some of these questions around identity, career, what is my future value? Where is this going? And there's a lot of uncertainty around that. Maybe you could bring some comfort to them right now to just start to see the other side of this and yeah. to help us see what comes on the other side of us releasing identity connected to maybe our talent or our career or how the world values us and starting to see it more as this child of God. Yes. Um, well, there's there's three parts of the book, and I, it starts out with the calling of the beloved that call home, and then it's the community of the beloved, and then it's the capacity of the beloved. That's like what I would say is our career, you know, or just us walking in our giftings and doing what it is we feel called to do. But I love it that one thing I've learned over the last 10 years is just as the beloved of God, I mean, how He's wired us, how He's made these principles to work is that our greatest capacity, actually, you can look at capacity in a couple different ways. You can look at capacity as we're cranking out, we're we're you know doing things we feel called to do, or we're at home right now, things have changed. Maybe we've lost our job because of all of this that's going on, or like your home's going for the first time, and things have changed, or things haven't gone as planned. But I love it that capacity actually can be looked at as what you can be filled what you can contain, what mm. you can receive. And so I, I love that, like, as our, our greatest capacity can actually look like, okay, so that's not happening right now. You know, maybe this is not what is, you know, the trajectory of my life at this moment, but what am I able to receive because I'm not doing that? So it's like, okay, what does this free me to receive right now? And I know that's hard, and that's not like a question we all just, like, wake up mm. <laughs> ready to ask ourselves, but... It's like, okay, so if this isn't happening, things haven't gone as planned, what can I receive? Yeah. What am I able to contain and hold that then you can pour out from that mm-hmm. place yeah. over your family at the breakfast table or whoever it is that you are, you know, in it with yeah. in these days. So. Almost the fullness of capacity as an input before an output, right? Yes, of like exactly. how do you that everyone said the word pivot until we're blue in the face. It was unprecedented. Then pivot. <laughs> and we're both like, totally. no more. We're not gonna use those words. But it is true that that when you're open to something that was basically an interruption. I mean, even right. for you at the farm table, it was an interruption. Mm-hmm. You weren't looking for it or expecting it while you're scrubbing the toilet. But totally. the Holy Spirit was like, it's time yes. for you to come home. And I think, you know, that's kind of what COVID taught us too, right? (laughs) On a corporate level, on a global level, like, hey, guys, it's time to come home. And that can mean a lot of different things for a lot of different people. But that inner life, right? So if you just just to clarify for the listener who hasn't read your book but is going to run and grab it, mm-hmm. um, that that concentric circle, so the bullseye, the center of that is home, coming home to the belovedness, you know, like who you are in yeah. Him yes, and receiving that in its fullness, mm-hmm. abiding in that place, and then going out from there into friendships yeah as community as and then people capac- before productivity yeah so i love that that the community's in the middle it's like you can't go around it you can't go under it it's like we go through it and i think there's an element too that i know we all talk about a lot is that 
we bring community with us into our capacity. Oh, so, so then good. we're side by side. Yeah. We're walking arm in arm, which we do a lot of. Yeah. And so there's that also, that element of which I talk about a lot in the book, just raising up. And there might be people that God's bringing into the general vicinity of, of all of us today that want to do what we do or just need to be encouraged or learn from us. And I talk about some of those young women just along the journey, you know, yeah. we might have needed a babysitter and it ended up being someone that I've walked with for 15 years, you know. Mm-hmm. So there's always that f- that feeling, like we're saying, is then like what we yeah. pour from and so important. Yeah, it reminds me so much of even how the rhythms, I stack them in the book of rest, restore, and then yes. connect and then create. There yes. are building blocks like you can't create in isolation or I That's mean right. you can, but it's not going to last. Yeah. And it's very lonely, but then mm-hmm. the collaboration of connection that then yields creation. And, and you've mm-hmm. done that so well. We've done mm-hmm. tours together <laughs> where I see you and Nathan together yeah. and your band and the team and just the cohesiveness of withness. Yeah. I think we don't talk about that enough mm-hmm. in ministry. I think sometimes what's modeled is kind of individualistic Everyone's kind of doing their own thing. But the partnership I've seen you guys model as a family. I mean, your whole family is a band, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> the Christmas tour. We love it's, it's true. hearing Thank a little you. Annie sing. Yes. And- the yeah. lullaby album with everybody participating. I mean, you've yeah. just that you've embodied that really well. Mm-hmm. And would you say that came out of this epiphany of like, I want this holistic picture yes. of withness with them? Yes. I mean, I shudder to think like who I would be and honestly like who my kids would be because I if I had continued down the road I was on I can honestly tell you that I would have just I would have missed it I would have missed their lives I think I would have just kept strapping them on you know and you know getting on the bus and and you can do that a lot when they're little but when it was like when they got older I think it was that decision that we had to make it's like you know Noah was entering kindergarten and it's like okay we need some like we need some roots. Like we need to find a community. We need to find a church. And so it was kind of all those questions were were lingering. But also God was just like, "What choice are you going to make?" You know. And and so now it's just so beautiful over and over again. You know, to just be able to see the fruit that that came out of you know God getting a hold of my heart in that season and just seeing you know who our kids are now and just sort of and um, the rhythms that we have as a family and like you're saying inviting them into what we've what we're doing and so into our capacity you know that I don't think would have ever happened and and I love it that you know Noah's in music and that you Mm -hmm. know we we somehow didn't scar him I guess (laughs) (laughs) no a little shout out to Noah he's a producer just like his father your husband Nathan who's an amazing uh, producer but he and Pierce, our son, yeah. have worked together and collaborated on a few songs. And that's yeah. just been fun to see, again, community yes. creating. Andy Crouch talks about this in his book called Culture Making, where you know most cultural products or books or music or albums or mm. you know anything, businesses, it's never the single genius that creates things. It's yeah. always groups of two or three. Yeah. And we don't create the best things when we try to create them alone. That's and right. so I think you bringing light to that is is a beautiful thing. I, w- I want to focus a little bit on what I know about you, which is in your home life, you you have these rhythms that, <laughs> you know, Rebecca and I do a few of these things too, but but they must be cathartic for you um, because mm-hmm. I know you're introverted. I know you enjoy that time to yourself, but you get out in creation. I mean, part of your rhythm is being, getting your hands dirty, yeah. working, like talk about some of your favorite <laughs> rhythms at Keeper's Branch that yeah. 
keep you mentally healthy, emotionally healthy, mm-hmm. physically healthy? Yes. Well, you guys, you know, got me into this, but we definitely got chickens during the <laughs> pandemic. Um, <laughs> and my and our friend, mutual friend Megan. Yeah. And so I do have six chickens. And then um, there was a little time in September, you know, we were going through a difficult time with my mom. She's got some major health challenges on the table right now. And, and I had always wanted to get ducklings. You know, you go to Tractor Supply, you get the chicken feed and there they are. And they're just the cutest things ever. <laughs> so long story short, I got two little ducklings. Their names are Hope and Dream, and now they're full size. But I can be in the worst mood. I was telling y'all this the other night at community group, <laughs> I but know. like I can be in the worst mood and I can go out there. They just start immediately talking to me. And <laughs> so I just have a thing for animals. Y'all know this. Like yes. we ride horses together. Yes. Valley. Like there's somewhere I don't know if I missed a calling or that I'm going to walk, I'm going to like walk into a calling in my fifties, maybe that yeah. I'm the be animal like a, whisperer. A horse whisperer. But yeah, so animals, we have two dogs, you know, it's, it's just, but that, that you I, treat like actual babies. Yes. <laughs> Your chickens. Yes. Let's go back to the chickens. Your the eggs. Like you did the research, you know, yeah. Rebecca and I, we got a certain type of chicken that we just get nice organic brown eggs, but you <laughs> chose the chickens that are like beautiful pastel. <laughs> well, and what I attrib- kinds of chickens are those? Right. I attribute that as well to Megan because she's probably going to be listening to this, yeah, but those are Megan yes, um, <laughs> lavenders and then cream leg bars are the two breeds that I have that that make that beautiful, like beachy, yeah. kind of like soft green blue. And then is it hard our, for you to crack those eggs and actually eat them? They're because so pretty. they're so pretty. <laughs> they are so pretty. But then, y'all, duck eggs are delicious. Are they? I like them better. Isn't How that, big is the yolk what, of a duck egg? Is it is it, it pretty small, smaller than the chicken? It's egg? the same, but what is different is the egg whites. There's more egg whites, and they're really thick. Wow! Like it takes like forever when you like crack it in the pan and you bring up the egg, and it's like woo! It's just like <laughs> all these egg whites, and then they're the egg whites are. Just very, it's a, it's just more substantial yeah. feeling. Right. But they're like a beautiful putty color. They're eggs. And Do so, they lay one a day? Yes, one okay. a day. So, and aren't, isn't that what fagua is? Is that am I pronouncing that right? It's like a French cuisine that's duck eggs. Oh, I'm sure. It's, so it's like it's very. You're very. You're rather fancy. I'm rather fancy. <laughs> Out there at but, Keeper's and, Branch. And you garden and you yes. uh, You have like, I love seeing your environments because you don't just do gardening. It's like everything's beautiful. It's you take true. the time Y'all to create it like art. No, it's awesome. We did grow it. We grew stuff in bags. I got these cute little bags off of Amazon that are like a, just a cute little brown tan color and... I grew potatoes. I know. Potatoes I was shocked from the potatoes. amount of um, fruit harvest you got from these yeah. like gorgeous, what looked like basically planters all along your front porch. Yes. I was like, I feel like she did this right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we went for the 14 raised beds. <laughs> so I'm going to like throw my back though. out, but Christ- she's meanwhile got yeah. this massive harvest. Christy from this- knew her capacity. That's <laughs> right. A little more than we did. <laughs> Lesson learned, touche. It's true. That's so funny. I recently started incorporating these short Pilates workouts into my Restore Rhythm after talking with Robin Long, the Pilates instructor and founder of The Balanced Life that was on our podcast last fall. I love how I feel after a workout and how convenient they are. In fact, this morning, I only had 10 minutes, so I did one of her 10-minute programs and already felt better walking out the door. These workouts can be done at home or at any time. Joy likes to join me. Sometimes she pulls up (laughs) a towel and stretches right by me, which is really sweet. 
Other fitness programs can also feel intimidating. Robin encourages us with a realistic approach and she's full of grace and support. And some of these are from her recording these on the beach, which I cannot complain about. (laughs) The Balanced Life is currently hosting a free five-day challenge called the Feel Good Pilates Challenge. Each day you'll receive a 15-minute Pilates workout delivered straight to your inbox. All you have to do is press play, follow along, and feel great. Join me for free by going to thebalancedlifeonline.com slash RFL podcast. When you think about the life you long for, that's the title of your your new yeah. book. So those who, you come at this obviously from a faith perspective, a deep yeah. trust and belief in God. A lot of our world doesn't. So there's always this competing life people are longing for yeah. that the enemy would try to attract us towards. Could you expose a little bit from your experience? What is the life we tend towards if we don't have intention about mm. the type of life maybe God wants for us? Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting. In the very beginning of the book, I um, say basically, like, I propose, what if you and I went to coffee and, you know, maybe maybe we had this mediator that comes up and, and he says, okay, you have to introduce yourselves to each other, but you can't allude to anything that you do. And so what would you say? I asked the, the reader, like, how would you introduce yourself to me? And I have a Facebook group, you know, that's been my launch team. And I asked that question. And it was so telling to just see people not being able to talk about their exterior lives, but just their interior lives, how much we have in common in terms of that longing. Mm -hmm. Like it was over and over. And basically I told Nathan, I was like, it's really just, I want, it's whether we know it or not, it's like, I want peace with God. That was like the over and over. And I mean, like they were sharing stuff about their stories. I mean, it was like a lot of brokenness and hard things to hear. But it was like if I had to boil it down, what they were just longing for and asking for and wanting was like was peace and rest. I mean, so many of them said rest. And so, you know, it it makes you, you know, really wonder too, just like even if we were to sit with people more and even on social media more and not talk about, you know, our political beliefs or anything like that, but just strip everything away to a point where it's like, what are you really longing for? Yeah. And I really do think that there's a universal longing. And I think that comes with the fact that, you know, Romans 8 even talks about like the ache, like we will always ache to belong. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, it's a belonging really that, yeah, that's I've, stirring. I don't know if you've this. read N.T. Wright's book, Simple Christianity, but he, yeah, he describes these longings, these human longings that he, he calls them signposts yeah. to heaven that point any human being, whether they know God or not. And one of them is this hunger for relationships. Yeah. One of them's about beauty, like a aching for beauty. One's about a longing for justice. Mm-hmm. There are these themes that I believe because we're all made in the image of God, whether we acknowledge it or know it yet, or even want to live in that way, mm-hmm. that every one of us has these longings God put in us And the distraction of the world can cover them up, or we try to fill that in all kinds of different ways. But the peace that comes from filling it with God and Mm -hmm. understanding His story through us is the most beautiful way to live. But sometimes it takes us a while to figure that out, doesn't it? It does, yeah. I mean, I was going to say that while I go, just like we try to fill that ache with so many things, and even good things, and even our spouse and our kids and our parents, our family. Like you can try to, you know— cram things in there. But ultimately, 
you're still going to ache. And I think that that's where the rest comes from when we get in that rhythm of continually going to God, you know, for that peace and for that rest and allowing him to fill that, you know, there's like the world's economy and then there's this whole other economy that that he offers that uh, there's a world system and then there's his this family that he's building and mm-hmm. and so it's like when we go back to him and we in even every day you know I talk about in the book how we we become what we behold or we become that quiet time almost we yeah. were we were encouraged to have as teenagers like have your quiet time but beyond this like checklist to do right, right it's like it's become for me a conversation that I start in the morning that I continue the rest of the day um it's it's a reconsecration really of my of my heart it's like um I laughed but like we used to you know we, we all went to church camp we laugh about rededicating your life but like I feel like I do that every yeah. morning it's mm-hmm. like a rededication of my my mind my my spirit, my soul, it's like I'm coming to you once again yeah. to to consecrate my heart to you, to my life, my life to you. It's funny. I've been saying that a lot lately, and I probably heard it from you initially in the past few years, but that I consecrate my life. It's mm-hmm. it's this setting and intention yeah. of submission yeah. and surrender. It's, it's not like I hope I can or I might or I would love this, but it doesn't seem to happen. It's like, mm-hmm. no, I... I therefore choose to do this. Yes. I might not do it well, but I'm mm-hmm. every day with intention to say, I consecrate my life before you as yeah. not being my own, but one that is holy and yeah. blameless, only because you make it that way with your righteousness, right. not because I make it that way. Um, how have you found, this is going to feel real direct, but I think this is what the person is longing for. What has been the most poignant way you have found peace with God? Mm. I think it is in that sometimes it's either before my feet hit the ground in the morning, um, it's that redirection of my heart immediately where the first place I go is just either in my thoughts, like I just even say, like, I got to go get my head on straight. Like, I, I have to have that time in the morning. And for me specifically, sometimes, you know, I don't know exactly maybe where to go in Scripture, but but the Psalms I even talk about in the book how um, it's the highest of the highs, it's the lowest of lows. It's like humanity mixed with heavenly, and and I I don't know. I think maybe David was a four with a five wing because I'm a four with a five wing, but King David Enneagram reference. For those yes, who. sorry. And maybe the fact that he was a worship leader, a songwriter. I don't know, but like yeah. I just connect with him. And for me, sometimes it it really is a lot. The Psalms of me going back to that place. It's 150 poems. Mm. Like what a gift and right. songs right. that we have that give us language. And for me, especially, I, I mean, I learned it when I first came home. When you know, being unseen, you know, just taking care of my kids and, you know, in that rhythm, I'd been on stages, I'd been touring, and then all of a sudden I'm home and here I am having to learn what it looks like. And I needed that language. Yeah. And the Psalms gave me that language. And so I do that pretty much every day. What David modeled is he did not withhold anything from God. And sometimes people ask me like, can you really like tell him everything? Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of like, when Mother Teresa says, when I see some, she says, when I see someone sad, it's because they're refusing something to Jesus. Mm -hmm. It's almost like you're holding on to lament or sorrow or grief, anguish. And David modeled it so beautifully. Like you actually don't have to like um, walk on eggshells in your prayer life. Yeah, God can handle it. Yes. Um, don't withhold. Yeah, then you're fully seen and known. Yeah, um, and He directed His own soul, mm. like He led Himself 
well Mm -hmm. in that, what you're saying, and communicating to a living God. And I I think, yeah, for me, that was a huge part of just, it was learning how to communicate with God and tell him out loud even um, all the things and he can handle it. And I you have even talk about that in the book, just of how David taught us how to just even preach to our own yeah. soul, yeah. you know. Well, so. this is the kind of book I would recommend to people who, you know, a lot of times you're reading books to improve yourself, and and it feels like I'm going to go read this and I'm going to, you know, go change the world. And this is the kind of book that will change your world. And it's the kind of book that I think if you are going on vacation or you you've got this like weekend set aside and you're kind of fed up with all the productivity and trying to become a better person and all the self-help that advice you're going to get like this is the kind of book you tuck away and your soul gets rest because you're introduced and invited into like a a bigger way to see your life a bigger way to understand how god sees you and also where we're going to ultimately find the fulfillment maybe we strive for in some of those other books (laughs) and so i love that you've done this before we close you also have this wonderful podcast i want people to know about called the glorious in the mundane where you really do as we're talking today you in a cathartic way walk people through the things you're learning the things Mm -hmm. you're processing tell us a little bit about the vision for that yeah well actually tell you in the book how the name of that podcast came to be. I met a lady, Terry. She's a mother of nine, uh, homeschools them all, and is a country songwriter. And so, of course, when I met her, I was like, we need to go to coffee because I was in the middle of it. You know, when I met her, kids were little. And um, that was what she said to me that day when I asked her. I mean, I had tears coming down my face. I'm like, got littles at home. I'm like, how in the world am I still going to be able to like be creative and just, you know, be a human. And, (laughs) and she said, you invite the glorious into the mundane. And I of course never forgot it. And then I started doing that. And so I started writing songs at the kitchen sink and behind the steering wheel of my minivan and just inviting the glorious into all the menial tasks of my day. And so I try to just tell stories like that where I think a lot about the young mom. I think that's maybe my main audience there and just encouraging her that she's doing the real work and just that God can show up while we're cleaning a toilet and he can show up anywhere, anytime. And it's just, it's so sweet to like get to just have lived it and then speak over them like, you're going to yeah. make it. <laughs> I think that's why you wired us to be able to kind of juggle things. And yeah. when I say multitask, I don't mean that in like the export of what mm-hmm. we do, but the ability to hold, navigate different things yes. at, simultaneously. Like you said, mm-hmm. at the kitchen sink, you get a lyric or a yeah. melody and you're like, I'm going to go get my phone and yes, voice memo this. Exactly. I think that's just why God wired women the way they are. Mm. There's a lot to carry, but he sustains it and he yeah. inspires it. And thank you for speaking into just the faithfulness of coming home and being seen in that place and held in it. And mm. I just love you. And I love, and I know everything about what you write is what you've lived. And so thank you. You know, some people write early in life. Some people write middle of life. Some were like, but the fact that your first book is when your son, like released right after your oldest son just moved out. <laughs> I feel like there's legit cred in this, in this book of motherhood um, and faithfulness and calling and vocation. So thank you for sharing with us. I love you, girl. Thank you. I love you too. Isn't she amazing? Yeah, we love Christy. She's awesome. And I hope that I was encouraging you guys to, to just get this focus on what does it mean when life shuts down a little bit and we get to take back some intention 
with being at home. Yeah, I love how you talk about for both of us, like what's that look like to start from the inside out, like where Christ is the center, how does that then spill out into our community and then our creativity? I thought she models that so well, and it's so clear even the way she lays it out in the book that that our calling really comes from the inside out. But if we don't find ourselves in the center with Christ there, then all the outside stuff, and we talk about it a lot, all those output rhythms really don't mean a whole lot without that input, that grounding force. And I think Christy expresses that so beautifully. So make sure you grab her book this week. It's out everywhere where books are sold. The Life You Long For, Learning to Live from a Heart of Rest. And if you're interested in being a part of Rebecca's online learning community, you can sign up for that at rebeccalyons.com slash community. Join us. Be a part of this Lent conversation that's going to continue over the next several weeks, and we hope you have a wonderful week.